war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, 106 on this Thursday. Excuse me, Monday. I apologize, folks. Juan is off to a little bit of a, of a rough start having a Monday. We're going to get things on track. 106 on this Monday, and you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks on the deck, they're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and uh, see them. So, folks, we're going to speak with Sue Yankee, who is the chairwoman, uh, GOP chairwoman uh, for the Rhode Island Republican, well, obviously GOP. And um, she's going to join us. She held a press conference just uh, last hour with, and I'm going to look for some reporting on it. Uh, but she had a press conference with Jessica, uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Jessica De La Cruz. And so we're going to, um, it has to do with voting. And so we're going to um, talk with Sue Sienke, Chairwoman Sienke, coming up uh, in, in just a few moments. I still can't get past this, the, the fact that Bud Craddock of the DMV, that he is not being charged only because the the story that that came out about him with Attorney General Peter Narona in his office, the fact that that they're not prosecuting him uh, or he's not being charged with this is it's very suspicious to say the very least. So it seems very very odd that Craddock is is not going to be charged, and at what I'm saying that. Based on the fact of some of the statements that are in the report that was done by the attorney general. So, but would we um, want to talk to Chairwoman Sienke about is to find out more about this press briefing that she just had with State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Folks, I also encourage you, visit the website, depetro.com. Because I have a story up and, um, you know, the clock is ticking and we're going to see whether or not if Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, the primary is now in less than five months. And it's uh, less than five months away from the Democrat primary, which is coming up September 13th. And I am anxious to see whether or not. I think, uh, you know, Governor McKee right now has not agreed to any debates. And so I'm waiting to see if, in fact, he is going to debate. Because right now, from what I hear, he he is trying to, I think, almost kind of play the media a little bit of, you know, well, we'll see. Let's see how I'm treated and and uh, maybe I'll debate. Maybe I won't. And at the same time, it is legitimate for him to maybe say that he wants to see what's going to happen with this with this FBI probe. So we'll um, but that's not all right, folks um, joining us, joining us right now. And she just wrapped up a press briefing last hour. She is the chairwoman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. It is chairwoman of the GOP, Sue Sienke. Good afternoon, chairwoman Sienke. Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm very well, chairwoman woman uh tell me i wish i could have attended i was going to initially and then we just couldn't make it work but um take me inside a little bit you had a press briefing last hour state house library with state senator jessica de la cruz Right. So the press conference was to highlight the fact that the Senate tomorrow is voting on Senate Bill 2007. And what 
in essence, that bill does is remove the security provisions of a two witness or a notary on a mail ballot. So we have objections to that. We just think it opens up the door to fraudulent activity. And it certainly sets up a two system of if you vote in person, you have to show an ID and sign. And if you vote early, it's the same type of process. But for mail ballots, you can just request a mail ballot and then send your mail ballot in with no identification whatsoever on that mail ballot. So we have an objection to that. We also object to the ability of third party ballot harvesting to exist, which we don't believe is an optimal system. It can lead to undue influence on people that have requested a mail ballot. Um, so we object to that too, and they don't even address that. So um, that's what the press conference was about, to make sure people know about this bill, that it's being voted on in the Senate, and to call your senators and ask how they're going to vote and voice your objection to it. Now, uh, l- let's take this one at a time. Something else that comes into play, uh, this whole business of the mail ballots, you know, as you know, during the pandemic, uh, without being prompted, but Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea was sending out all those mail ballot applications. They also did it. Uh, they did it back in back in uh, March of last year as well. And all, all they were doing, Chairwoman Sienke, you know, think about that. Not not I'm thinking of voting by mail, but all these unsolicited mail ballots that that went out They're They're seemingly just trying to, you know, create more mail ballots as opposed to less. Right. And the biggest problem is we know that the voter rolls in Rhode Island are not clean, John. And they also purchased a software system that does not flag duplicate registrations. And Ken Block was very helpful with this. He went through all the data and actually found 200 instances of duplicate registrations. That means same name same address, same year of birth. Mm. So two people. And we pointed this out to the Board of Elections, and they actually found two individuals that actually cast two votes in 2020. Now, you're saying that's not a lot, but it's more than enough to say, wait a minute, let's make sure our voter rolls, that there's no duplicate registrations. And that's an easy, simple software fix that they've got to do. And when you said they sent mail ballot applications to everybody, we know that over 143,000 of those applications came back to the Secretary of State undeliverable. So we know that there is a lot of duplicate registrations or people that have moved out of the state that are still on our voter rolls. You know, folks, we're speaking with uh, GOP Chairwoman Susie Yankee just wrapped up a press briefing with State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. And Sue, I apologize. I wanted to be there, if anything, just to follow up. What, what type of questions did you get from some of the media that did attend? So I think that, um, you know, some of the media wanted to know, well, you know, is it difficult for people to get an ID? You know, are you disenfranchising voters? And our whole statement from the Republican Party is we want to make it easier for people to vote and harder for people to cheat. We have absolutely no objection to a mail ballot system. We just want to make sure that there's some type of identification on that mail ballot that proves who you are. And the system currently, the current state law says you need two witnesses or a notary that says you are who you are. They can change that to put your driver's license, a photo of your driver's license or your state ID, or to put a number on that identifies your license to you. There has to some type of system. Yes. Uh, and to say that people can't get an ID, first it was the minority community, and now it's like, well, elderly don't drive, so they don't have a driver's license. Well, elderly, as far as I know, my mother was over 100. She had multiple forms of identification because when you go to a doctor, you have to show your ID in order to be treated, to go to the bank, to get your own cash, to get government assistance. There isn't any place in America, I think, that you don't have to show your ID anymore. And for us, I think having an ID means that you exist in this world. So to say that an elderly person can't get an ID, well, that's like saying, what, you're saying Joe Biden can't get an ID? I'm sure the president has identification on him, and he's 79. Yeah, you can't you can't function in society without an ID. It has nothing to do with driving. You, If you enter a doctor's office, which elderly do, you have to present an ID. You can't get insurance. 
you can't pick up a prescription at a pharmacy. You can't have a bank account. You can't get on a bus or a train. You couldn't enter a, you know, a senior living center. It's, it's completely false. But tell us again, what is the legislation that, that they're trying to pass in the Senate? And is there accompanying legislation in the House? So, so far, the House, yes, there is accompanying legislation in the House. So far, the House has not brought it to a vote yet in the committee, Judiciary Committee, but the Senate did. It passed out of committee, and it will hit the floor for a floor vote tomorrow. So we're encouraging citizens to call up their state Senate and ask them how they plan on voting for this. Um, it really, in essence, it codifies the election law changes okay. that they made. So you no longer need a notary when you right. fill out a mail ballot, I know in all the states, Susie that like, for instance, they were all up in arms in Georgia and in Georgia. All right. It was either Georgia or Texas. It was actually really simple. All they were saying was on the mail ballot, as you say, you just have to put, you know, your license number, uh, just something to prove you are who you are. And and again, it's they would, you know, they were going ballistic about it and and all it is okay so you're not going to have a notary just put your license number some mechanism right now as you and i know there's there's nothing to stop someone not only by the way also a campaign that could go out and hand out mail ballots right right there's nothing there's nothing to stop that yeah, because we and we allow third party ballot harvesting, you know, and, and you're right in Georgia. They just had a requirement that you had to prove who you were. Right. And, you know, uh, Representative Anastasia Williams and the then Senator Harold Metz in yep. 2010 introduced voter ID into Rhode Island because they themselves were victim of voter fraud. So they wanted to tighten up how people vote here. And I think it is so essential for people to have confidence in our election system and removing any type of voter identification off a mail ballot it makes people suspect yeah. and it opens the door to fraud. So, you know, we want to make sure people have real confidence in the election integrity in Rhode Island. So we we encourage people to call up their state senators. Folks, again, we're speaking with GOP chairwoman Susie Yankee, who just wrapped up last hour a press briefing with um, state senator Jessica De La Cruz. And chairwoman Yankee, you know, I'm just wondering, did the did the local media, did they start saying because they want to frame it as, oh, you know, do you believe with President Trump and his accusations of the 2020 election? And do you believe the big lie? I will say separate from that, take I, I'd like to say, you know, let's take President Trump out of the equation. I personally, John DePietro, I do not believe we have legitimate elections in Rhode Island. And, I, and I'll explain why. Number one, I've taken the time going down to the Board of Elections. It's a maze. It's impossible. It, it's impossible to navigate. You, you pull up a name, Hector Gomez, there's, there's 1,000 of them, and, and there's 1,000 of them in Providence. And I, you don't know if it's the same person, if it's the same person registered several times. Uh, back uh, last year, when we thought we were going to lose the congressional seat, the Boston Globe did a story that the Boston Globe did the story that 40,000 illegals were paid to fill out the census. Now, we have no mechanism that those people... We're not registered to vote because I have heard consistently, if you go to the Board of Elections right near the main post office on Corliss Street, um, the, excuse me, the Secretary of State's office, Secretary of State's office, if you walk in, hi, um, Joe Smith, and I live on Manton Avenue and I want to register to vote, you don't need a license, you don't need an ID, you, you don't need anything. You are now on the voter roll and... I just don't, I, Susie Yankee, I just don't hear any mechanism from Secretary of State Gorbea that's in place that would challenge people getting onto the voter rolls. Well, it's interesting that you say that. I think the bigger problem is not necessarily what happens at your Board of Elections or your Secretary of State's office, but we allow all these government agencies um, to register people. We allow registration to happen anywhere and the problem becomes that yes we don't know if they've registered people no. i did 
instance last year where a, a green card holder called me up and she was very upset that she went to the Department of Motor Vehicles to get her license. Um, she told them that she was not a citizen and they registered her to vote. Oh. Um, that, Did you vote? And she's like, no, I know I'm not a citizen. I can't vote. It took her going to her local board of canvassers to remove herself off the local voting list. Now, we told the Secretary of State about it. We told the Board of Elections about that, that they've got to tighten up the rules for any other agency that's that's filling these out. Also, for people that are not citizens, if they do vote and they're not citizens, that's a felony and they will never become citizens. So we want to make sure that they go through the process, they become a citizen, they're asked the right question, are you a citizen? We've had people come to the Rhode Island headquarters here and they show us our, their citizenship papers so that we know and they know and the question is asked, are you a citizen? Are you eligible to vote? If you answer that and you lie, um, you'll never become a citizen. And that's, that's terrible. That would be a terrible um, thing to happen to somebody who just didn't know. But here's something I know, and I won't keep you, but um, folks, again, we're speaking with uh, state GOP chairwoman Susie Yankee. I spoke with the Board of Elections. That provision that you're referring to, and you're saying that if you get in it, this is what I was told by them. In the last 25 years, not one person has been convicted of filling that out where they say that would be a per- that's perjury and a felony. My, I, I believe there is, there is no mechanism in our government to check that. I understand what you're saying, that if you got caught, if someone got caught, and then you can't be a citizen, but if there's no one looking for it, then there's no way to get caught. And in the right. fact of the matter is, so I believe it begins and ends with that. Like there's, and this is something Gorbea will, will never answer, is there's no mechanism. She, she points that out, and it says right on there, if you check this off and you're either A, not a citizen of Rhode Island, or B, a citizen of the United States, that you face penalty of perjury, um, and that's a felony. But what they don't say is that no one's ever been convicted of it because at least in the last 25 years because I believe Chairwoman Sankey because no one's looking for it and I yeah, use and the I use the analogy you know someone could say we're very proud in the last year not one person has gotten a speeding ticket on route 10 I think a legitimate question would be well do you have any state police out gunning and have radar guns on on route 10 no well if you don't have anyone looking for people exceeding the speed limit well then you're not going to give give out any speeding tickets but that doesn't mean people aren't speeding on route 10 right and and that's the job of a strong attorney general to make Peter Verona shouldn't have the office anymore because you're right. We presented them with six instances of double voting and they came back and said, oh, yes, these two people double voted. But it was a clerk's error. I said, a clerk's error. These people actually filled out two ballots in person and voted twice and they are not prosecuting them. And then we run into a problem of statute of limitations. They waited over a year to get back to Ken Block to let him know that, oh, it was an error. They wait almost until the statute of limitation runs out before they answer you. Um, We presented them with evidence and they just don't take the next step to prosecute people. I tell you, John, you're right. If they prosecuted one person for voter fraud, it would put a chill on everybody else doing it. Yeah. And I don't know the answer of whose responsibility it would be to investigate those, you know, the people registering, much like you're right. People go to the DMV they get a license and then they're automatically registered to vote. However, many times that people follow, you know, unfortunately, you know, crime and the police log, you'll see someone who's in Rhode Island illegally and then they're driving on an expired license. Well, my question is always, wait a minute, how did they get a license in the first place? What do you mean they're driving on an expired license? They weren't even supposed to have a license. So when they went, they would then register to vote. Now, Susie Yankee, it's late April, and um, tomorrow should be an exciting day with CD2, where former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung is going to really kick it off. Um, I am impressed that State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, is she possibly eyeing another office, or do you think she's 
content remaining in the state Senate, where she's been very effective, by the way. Yeah, I think that Jennifer, uh, Jen, uh, Jessica, sorry, Jessica is a lion in the Senate. Um, you know, we, it's always you don't want to remove chess pieces off the chessboard. Right. And I think that she is so effective and such a strong voice that we're so happy that she's staying there. And, you know, um, Mayor Fong has such great name recognition. This is a seat that we can win yes. in CD. Yes. So, uh, you know, I know Bob Lancey is still running. So, you know, it's it's. It's a um, bevy of riches for the Republican Party that we are building such a strong farm team. You know, we've got a great gubernatorial candidate now. We've got a great candidates running for a lieutenant governor. Certainly, I'm a huge fan of Chaz Kalender, who's running for AG. And pretty soon, we're going to have an announcement of uh, someone running for treasurer. So I think we're great. moving in the right direction. Good. This going to be, I, I think, a really good year for Republicans, in, even in this state, a deep yeah. blue state. I want to give Ashley credit, uh, Susie Yankee. You know, she did something on Friday, which right now Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is incapable of doing, and that is she sat down for a full half hour with Tim White and Ted Nisi on Newsmakers and said, ask me anything you want. The governor, who's right now under an FBI probe, is unable to do that. I give her a lot of credit. Right. You know, she's she's very accessible. She's very affable. Um, and she'll talk to anybody. And I think that that's what you want in a governor. Someone that will answer your questions. Someone that will talk to you. You may not like the answer, but at least she's present and answering questions. Yep. And she's everywhere. She is. No, very, very active. Folks, again, she is GOP chairwoman Susie Yankee. Chairwoman Yankee, great job. I'm very impressed with uh, you and uh, Senator De La Cruz bringing this up. People need to know. We need to. One last thing I, I, I don't think a lot of people realize, and, I, and maybe Senator Cruz is the right person to get that across. But as much as you and I talk about it, some people don't understand. Ballot harvesting is illegal in many states. And Rhode Island, we would be better served. I would have more confidence in our elections if we didn't allow third party, if we didn't allow the campaigns doing the ballot harvesting, if we didn't allow the campaigns to go out and and collect the mail ballots, you go back to, you know, it was it was last fall that uh, speaker, former speaker Nick Mattiello, um, you know, the whole Brit trial that exposed all the underbelly of these mail ballots and that guy that they have that goes out and collects them and all the games and People around the country want to restore faith in the elections. And, and I, I think that this could be coming to Rhode Island. Absolutely. You know, we don't believe in ballot harvesting. And, and just so people understand that if a family member or a caregiver helps you deliver your ballot, that's one thing. Right. The third party political parties, campaign workers, they should not be going out and getting your, your ballot. Yeah. And we all believe that, you know, mail ballots is not the most optimal system. Things can go wrong. If you make a mistake on your ballot and you're doing it in person, you can correct and cure that ballot right away. But once that ballot is removed from the envelope, they don't know who voted. So if there's an issue with it, you're you're out of luck. You yeah. cannot ballot at that point. And if you don't think that happens last election cycle, you know, we, we went in to um, do the risk audit and to watch that process and to watch them feed those ballots. There were several ballots where people, it says vote for one person. They voted for more than one. But that ballot is not counting. So it's, you know, we always encourage people, if you can vote in person, if you can't, just as long as there's some type of security provision on it. And nobody is using undue influence to influence how you vote. Yeah. Your vote should be as private as you want it to be. And I know before that, I know someone listening saying, well, why would someone vote for two people? A, a lot of the campaign people, what they do is they get paid per vote. So if they're supposed to vote for Sue Sienke, and I'm working on the Sienke campaign, and instead they vote for the opponent, all they do is they draw a line to Sienke as well, and then... It's your candidate loses the vote, but at least the other candidate doesn't get the vote. So a lot of times the ballot is 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 then, you know, runs into problems because of that. And that's exactly what they want. But we should also outlaw where they pay per vote um, because that's another thing. I mean, of course, if you're being paid per vote, you're not going to bring back ballots that don't have the candidate 
that you're being paid to go out and collect votes for. You're only going to bring back the votes that have your candidate's name for it. So there's a lot of room to go on that. Folks, she is uh, Chairwoman Sue Yankee. Sue, great job as always. Uh, you, you five months to the primary, and this is it. Uh, keep up the good work, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks very much, John. All Have right, a good folks. Chairwoman Susie Yankee right here on the John DePietro Show. As many of you know, and right now it's 131, the, um, what goes on with the ballots in, in the state is, uh, is just like totally ridiculous at this point, the way things are uh, manipulated in that way. Folks, this portion of our program is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Coogie. Folks, give them a call today. Uh, it's R.E. Coogan and Heating, whether it is plumbing or heating or cooling, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. If you're listing right now and it's 131 on this Monday and maybe you're having a plumbing problem, is that sound like your situation or maybe something happened with your hot water tank? Or maybe you noticed that your cooling system is not working properly. Maybe it's been going on for a while in the in the wintertime. Maybe your commercial building, your home wasn't heating properly, and now that's not working properly. Call R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562, 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan Heating, helpful, trustworthy, and reliable. Folks, as always, visit the website, dpetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And on our website, uh, brought to you by the Coesed Inn, a great meal is waiting for you. I was just there on Saturday. They are consistent. They were just, they've been doing great business, and I understand why. Stop it and see them. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. It's the Coesed Inn. So on this Monday, I want to come back to, um, I may reach out to that, uh, the writer of this article uh, on Commerce Secretary Raimondo, that I am a little, I don't understand the fact that the article that he's quoting, uh, he he does an article for Breitbart where they say that Commerce Secretary Raimondo is worth $1.8 billion. Now, I have never seen Gina Raimondo, I, I have never seen her identified as a billionaire. And the person that wrote the story, um, the person that wrote the story refers to an article in Forbes. And in the article in Forbes, it says that the Raimondo net worth between her and her husband who's been uh, very successful, Andy Moffat, the former first gentleman. The, the article that they reference says that their net worth as a couple was is $10 million. So I, I don't, I mean, I am willing to share the story, but I'd really like to hear from the author the have him address the discrepancy. I, I just don't understand how. Now, I also noticed um, they have it. He put it out on Twitter. I am familiar with Breitbart. I've met some of their people. I've interviewed some of their people. That was, um, let me see if her name comes up. Only because that's, you know, someone, he was hyping this. Um, he was hyping this on Maria Bartiromo on on Fox, and then all of a sudden, when the article comes out, he's he's referencing and using a. I I, I just don't understand. I want to see if there's any update. On this guy, I'm unfamiliar with him, and that doesn't mean that it might not be true. The Bud Craddock thing, I can't get over that. I mean, that is just ridiculous. But 
It may have to, I may have to do it after the program. I, I just, you know, they were hyping it. And then he comes out. And then in the story, he references something that immediately, like, I don't know how it, how it got published. Exclusive, Peter Schweitzer, how U.S. Commerce Department cashed in on China. But <laughs> let me just see. Again, I'm not that familiar with this guy, and I recognize we're doing it in real time. And I, there he is, Peter Schweitzer. Um, he doesn't have an active Twitter account. <laughs> he does have a website. Let me see if I find anything on the website. It, that it just seems. If it, it, I, I don't think I have to give it an analogy here, I'm just saying he references her wealth. In a Forbes article, and when you go to the Forbes article, it says ten million, and he has one point eight billion. Did he? Did he? Uh, is it a misprint? Seems very odd, and no one's picking up the story. Now I know some people are going to say, "Well, they're not picking it up because it's not because they don't like the truth." And the thing about a story like this, no matter how it is corrected going forward. Um, people will, st- they'll just latch, latch onto that. Doesn't matter. You know, the cult, how much is Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo worth? In the Forbes article, it says her and her husband have a net worth of 10 million. And then this guy writes an article for Breitbart. How, how U.S. Commerce Department officials cashed in on China. If Republicans, Democrats don't agree on much, leveraging your position. A new report, Department of Cronyism, Inside Deals, Conflict of Interests. People who have taken advantage of it. So he's referencing this. It ex- documents the existence of ties to China with Biden's choice for Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo. Raimondo, the former governor, has a background in finance, founded the Venture Capital Point Judith 2000. She is worth roughly $1.8 billion based on, based on, and again, he mentions, based on her financial disclosures and as reported by Forbes. You go to the Forbes article and it says $10 million. Raimondo's husband, Andrew, Andy, Andrew Moffat, worked for 20 years at McKinsey, but he left in 2020 to become chief people officer. Software company called Path AI that applies artificial intelligence, machine learning to medical diagnostics. In February this year, he exercised his stock option and left his full-time job at the company. Instead, he became its strategic advisor, deepening his financial ties to the firm, while creating the appearance of distance, uh, it's the focus of the blah, blah, blah. Uh, 2019, oh, okay, U.S. based venture capital firm participated in a $60 million fundraising round for Path AI. Not only is holding a sensitive, um, Raimondo's predecessor was a successful businessman, Wilbur Ross. Trump criticized Ross for being too soft on China. Let me get to, I'm, I'm just trying to, folks, I'm trying to find where, where do you get, go to that. Um, at no point, I don't get this one at all. So I don't know what to make of this story other than, boy, they were hyping it, but it certainly doesn't live up. Hmm. All right, well, I will deal with that um as far as the what's going to be voted on in the senate i'm not sure i i want to wait and see how that's going to uh how that's going to play out simply because as you have the house and the senate and i'm going to find out if that's going to pass um No charges, but criticism after the probe of the DMV chief, Bud Craddock. 
Hmm. He's staying in that job, though. He and the wife are um, very, very political, as a matter of fact. So, but he is uh, Bud Craddock, the DMV. Very odd, he suddenly started collecting the money in person. And Attorney General Pina Narona did comment on that. Um, no charges. Wow. Huh. I don't understand. All right, I want to go to some sound. I know um, some U.S. officials were, in fact, they were. Let me play. Um, this is U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin saying what he would like to do regarding Russia. Let me play. Uh, this is Lloyd Austin. Uh, Ukraine uh, remain a sovereign uh, country, a democratic country, able to protect its, uh, uh, its sovereign territory. Uh, we want to see Russia uh, uh, weakened uh, to the degree that it can't uh, do the kinds of things that uh, it has done uh, in, in invading Ukraine. So it has already lost a lot of military capability uh, and a lot of, uh, a lot of its troops, quite frankly. In terms of uh, our, their ability to win, uh, the first step in winning is believing that you can win. And so they believe that we can win. We believe that they, we can win, they can win if they have the right uh, equipment, the right support. In terms of Russia's war aims, Russia has already failed. And Ukraine has already succeeded because the principal aim that President Putin brought to this, in his own words, was to fully subsume Ukraine back into Russia to take away its sovereignty and independence. And that has not happened and clearly will not happen. You know, it begins and ends with that. It begins and ends with the fact that they invaded a uh, sovereign nation. You know, someone to watch for 2024. She was on Meet the Press yesterday. And Biden is failing. I, I would not vote for this woman. But listen to Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. I think she is sensing an opening and jump. I believe you're going to hear more from her jumping out now regards to 2024. Here we go. You write in your op-ed, Senator Warren, Republican senators and broken institutions. You blame them for blocking the progress Democrats had promised. But Democrats control the House, the Senate, and the White House. So why aren't Democrats responsible for breaking their own promises to voters, Senator? Look, my point is not to look in the rearview mirror. My point is to say we've got nearly 200 days left between now and the election. And there are families who are trying to make the decision at the checkout line which groceries to send back because they can't afford them. There are millions of people across this country who are saying they are not ready for student loan payments to be turned back on. They you simply can't afford them. There are millions of people across this country who say that prices at the pump, prices at uh, to try to buy a pound of hamburger have all gone up and they need help. Democrats ran and always run on trying to make government work for working people. We've got nearly 200 days left. That's what we need to put our energy on. Senator, I'm going to ask you. If we don't, yeah. then we haven't been there. So, so that's what we need. You know, Warren, and again, folks, right now, 144, I believe that people are sensing there's going to be an, uh, an opportunity to um, um, there's going to be an opportunity for someone to take that mantle. Now, I'm just seeing right now, Attorney General Narona's letter indicates the Rhode Island State Police determined back in October that he had no criminal liability on the sex-to-pay operation as rental property. Findings were then forwarded to the Attorney General, spent six months reviewing the case. So what's interesting about that is anyone that thinks that, anyone that thinks that, that the FBI probe of McKee is going to be wrapped up between now and the primary. I don't think that's going to happen. Boy, they're all harping on someone wore a T-shirt to the press conference, defund the media. And I'm not sure who that person is. <laughs> and, and some of them, the locals, are, um, are, are basically saying that um, 
we're not funded the way PBS is. So therefore, it doesn't apply. Um, and then some, I'm seeing someone saying it's a slogan. The message is clear. Average Americans don't trust anything you say because he is a bias. Um, here, here's the thing, though, folks. I, I am finding that there, there are people that are, and by the way, it, it's not lost. It's a huge, it's a huge, um, huge day with Elon Musk and Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Set to take Twitter, could have a deal today. Um, that would be huge because it's it's one thing. It's one thing if they want to flag certain comments that pre- it, it, it was wrong to ban President Trump from the platform. It was it was wrong to ban him from the platform. As someone that I use Twitter every day. I've also, by the way, decided I, I, I just I, 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 I don't I don't like fighting on social media. I, I just don't need to. There's no there's no win. It's hard when you're attacked. It's definitely hard when you're attacked not to defend yourself. I fully get that. But Twitter, when used properly, can be a all social media can be a great tool. But what would if if he says to the general public, what would you like to change about it? With me, it's very simple. I would like to eliminate the anonymous accounts. There's too much of the anonymous accounts, I think. There are people, Captain Hook, or whatever they call themselves. Um, because many people wouldn't say and behave a certain way if people knew who they were. And I've had conversations sometimes or online stuff with people that say, well, I don't list my name because I'm not an egomaniac like you. It has nothing to do with ego. It has something, whether or not you should actually bother to engage with someone in a conversation. And I also get there are people that get very upset because I won't engage with them. But if, you know, President Trump used his own name, I use my own name. A lot of the people in the media or public people use their own name. When you're using your own name, you don't want to get bogged down by people who just go ballistic because then they just put whatever they want or attack people or they go on looking to fight for different reasons. So I I agree that social media in some ways has gotten um, it has. It's gotten a little out of control. I also believe because of the pandemic, it said people over the edge, plus there's war. Um, But there's something else interesting that's happening. And it's it's people that they're in a cult and they don't even realize they're in a cult. And just not to go on and on, but at 148, I, I do find it interesting because of my job and occupation that I interact with them. I have to interact with them. So, um, so what's interesting is they don't even realize they're in a cult. And what do I mean by that? Is what the cult does, and you can make your own assumptions on what group I'm referring to. But what they do is they, they put up fences. It's like enacting a piece of property. It's like a fort. So they set up four walls of a fence. And the only thing inside... The walls are the the words of the cult. And if someone brings up facts or the truth that could penetrate, they don't allow it in. They want to believe one plus one is three. If you show different sources that one plus one is actually two... They will just deem it fake. Nothing is allowed inside through the fence of the fort that goes against what they are preaching and believing. There's another tactic that's used is it's 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 you are either all in or you're you're completely out. Someone was saying to me the other day, listen, you have to say the election was stolen. By President Trump. If you don't say that, you're with CNN. Now, I don't believe Rhode Island. Let's let's remove President Trump out of the equation. I don't believe 
Rhode Island elections are legitimate, but has nothing to do with President Trump. It has to do, I'm not even that concerned, to be honest with you, about voter ID anymore. I used to be concerned about voter ID. But now the the real fraud is in what Sue Sankey and I were discussing, which is the ballot harvesting and the mail ballots. That's, That's where the real fraud is taking place. So this business of if you don't state that the election was stolen from President Trump in Georgia, Arizona, then you're with CNN. That's a cult tactic. You're either all in with us or you're out. You're with the enemy. And if you say, you know, but look at this story in whatever. I'll just use an example. The Washington Post, that's all lies. What about the New York Times? That's all. Everything's a lie except what goes into the four walls. And they don't allow anything to penetrate. Folks, that's a cult. That is a cult. And it's a very dangerous cult. Um, I mean, I, I know of two people. I think I'm actually going to write about this. At 152, folks, on this Monday. I mean, I know of someone who took their own life because they really believed that the election was stolen. And by stolen, listen, do, do I think that Biden got more votes than President Trump? Um, as I've said, I don't believe the way Sidney Powell initially described it, or Lynn Wood, that within the machine something clicks and so then like that, all of a sudden, all these votes are changing. I, I don't believe that. I believe there are people voting more than once. There were people in other states surrounding Georgia that went into Georgia to vote. I don't know about Arizona. I don't know how that happened. I'm not sure about Arizona. That one I don't know. But I don't believe, I don't believe in this business that it's built into the machines. Some people believe that. Um, in New Hampshire... I believe a number of people from Massachusetts go and vote in New Hampshire to influence that vote. Maybe from Rhode Island. I don't, I don't think so much from Rhode Island. I think it's easier. I understand people in New Hampshire say, excuse me, Massachusetts say, listen, Biden's going to win mass where my vote is needed is New Hampshire. So I think I think they do. They, and they may have a, a lake home or a ski home or just whatever. Have a friend, a family member lives there and they sign up. And so I, I think some of that goes on. Um, and, and, and that uh, seemingly a lot of that was going on in Georgia. And every time in the news, they're constantly finding people that are voting more than once. Something needs to be done. There's also, there's a big problem the way every state does it differently. I don't know how we ever got to where we are. But when they start to expand, and every vote does it, every state does it differently. I have a problem with all these mail ballots. I have a problem with all the early voting. The more you do that, the more you increase the possibility of fraud. That's just a fact. So, so did they steal the, I, I don't know about that, steal the election. I, I, I am willing to bet that if you added up every ballot that Biden had more ballots, but I don't think they're all legitimate. Then they don't. So if that's the definition of soul, you know, I, I, I guess you could say that. Um, but it's been going on for a while. President Trump, unfortunately, and his people didn't fully recognize what was coming. I don't know how anyone could have seen with the pandemic the way things were going to be done. But make no mistake about it. In Rhode Island, I don't think our elections are legitimate, as I've stated there's no penalty if someone is caught filling something out. If you live in Massachusetts and, and register to vote in Rhode Island and you get caught, there's no penalty. They don't even look for those people. As I've stated, no one in the past 25 years has been convicted of that. And so, therefore, there's, you know, look at what happened out in the West Coast with shoplifting. People will find they could go into whatever, 7-Eleven, a CVS, Walgreens. Take a bottle of water off the shelf and walk out. So what did people start doing? They started doing that. If you, if you don't prosecute that, if you don't stop that, 
No one's looking for that. How about the video of the people going in and, and literally taking all this stuff out and then just walking out with it, shoplifting? If you don't stop it, of course it's going to go on. So, but the element of if you don't say that the election was stolen from President Trump in, in Arizona and in, in Georgia, I, I don't know what to make of that. Um, I No, I don't believe it was legitimate. I don't. At the Arizona thing, I just don't know enough about it. I know that I believe that Rudy Giuliani, Linwood, Sidney Powell did not help the cause by making wild claims. Do you know some of the people are still... Supposedly looking into it, Mike Flynn and that crew, they're still claiming they're going to overturn the election. Um, I just I don't I don't believe that. I don't I don't. President Trump doesn't even believe that. I don't think he's going to stop them from talking about it, but he doesn't believe it. But there's the seeds of doubt are definitely out there. I also believe that the Russians were interfering with our elections and. President Obama should have done more to stop it. And then when it was very apparent that they had in, in, uh, um, interfered in 2016. I'm not saying that President Trump didn't win. But you can't have a foreign country like Russia and Putin interfering in our elections. But I also think President Obama, that, that was, that's, hit, that's on him. He should have pursued it more. He was checked out. He now claims he didn't want to give the Trump people any reason, blah, blah, blah. I think the real bottom line is they just, they didn't see it coming. They thought Hillary was a lock. And because they thought she was a lock, they didn't want to bring up anything or give any excuse to throw doubt into the election. But there is no question that Putin was interfering with with our election in in 2016, Russia's been trying to do that for a while um, and was not stopped. Folks, this portion of our program at 158 on this Monday, and again, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop it and see them. 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. You can sit out on the nice deck. Also, hey, this is good weather. Why not get your driveway paved? J. Perry Paving, they'll do the job. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving. Call them for a free quote. And remember, no one is better with veterans than J. Perry Paving. Contact them because they do have a drawing once a month. For a, uh, they'll pave the driveway of a veteran. Letter J, J Perry Paving. Look for them on Facebook. And then the website is just that, letter J, J Perry Paving.com. Or call them for a free quote, 401 732 1730. Licensed and insured contracting company, J Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway. Well, folks, right now it's 159. It's the John DePietro Show on this Monday. So big local news is the fact that that Bud Craddock of the DMV is not being charged. I find it, um, it it's disgraceful. Uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions there. Attorney General Peter Nerone, I'm going to reach out to him. They feel that it was not enough to charge him. I want you to stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. It certainly seems like Elon Musk is going to get his wish and he's going to take over Twitter. And then you're going to hear the John Dion program. We're going to do Facebook Live later on. And then uh, we'll be back on the radio tomorrow at 11. It's John DePietro. Enjoy this Monday. WNRI Winsocket. W260DC. WNRI.